Welcome to the Wise Women Diaries podcast. This is where shame and victimhood die. I am a woman that questions everything. So this podcast is a reflection of that. Here, we speak on non-mainstream perspectives like personal growth in motherhood and relationships, awareness of the ego versus the soul, the voice of fear versus intuition. We discuss what it looks like to step into your power and step out of the medical paradigm. That's why I'm obsessed with interviewing women who trust their bodies and their babies in home birth and free birth and their wild journey from maiden to mother. Ultimately, this podcast is about women taking radical responsibility for their life, shedding victimhood for good. Today's guest is Tay. She is so incredibly special to me. She's not on social media, yet she's the most influential person in my life. Her simple daily life with her son is so inspiring to me for so many reasons. She walked into my life about one and a half years ago because I held a mother's blessing in my backyard for a pregnant mama and Tay and her little four-month-old Ozzy were in attendance. I had written and read a prayer for the expecting mom and Tay says that that's when she knew she wanted to be friends with me. Unfortunately, from my end, I judged her by her outfit. And I just didn't think we would bond because of that. And I say that just because it's pure honesty. The truth that often our first thought is a judgment. And our first judgment is usually wildly wrong. And there's this saying that goes, your first thought is your brain programming, often from childhood. Your first judgment on someone is wrong because it's a judgment, it's your programming. But if you wait, the second thought is usually a thought of love, of a greater truth. So anyways, she was wearing this white flowy dress and she looked like a member of the Sikh religion. I just thought she was a Sikh religion person. I just pegged her as that. And I just assumed that based on her outfit. Oh, the power of judgments. But Tay felt something, so she reached out and asked to hang out a different time. So I went over to her house, and this time she was wearing a pair of Levi cutoff shorts, which shocked me because I pegged her as someone different, and she's wearing them today. She's wearing these shirts today, these sex sexy little shorts. So anyways, that's when our friendship grew, and it was quite immediate that we thoroughly enjoyed each other. We spend most of our conversations centered around questioning things, questioning the norm, and obsessing over her beautiful little Aussie. But I get the honor of witnessing Tay vibrate with ease and trust in her motherhood. She is the first person I have ever met in my life that operates from the deepest part of trust because I see that she trusts her toddler son and she trusts her body to birth. She free birthed at home with her husband and her mom and dad. Ultimately, she is the most mature embodiment of the feminine that I personally has, I have ever witnessed. She's never a victim to her son because her life is 100 times better because of her son. And she adores and trusts her husband in such an exponential way, the way it should be. 
So I could keep gushing, but I know she wants me to stop <laughs> because she's so humble oh. and she doesn't feel special. But it's because she knows that the way she lives and the way she mothers is available to everyone. So I am going to pass it over to Tay now and I want you to do a, a little intro on your little life recap so people just can get a grasp of who you are and what made you into the tailor you are today? Oh man, tough to follow up with my own words after all of that. It's, yeah, pretty amazing to hear someone else's perspective of your life and who you are as a person and a mom and a wife. And yeah, thank you for all that, Leah. So yeah, I'm Tay. I live in Phoenix. I grew up here. I am 30 years old and I had my son when I was 28. I met my wonderful, perfect, beautiful husband, Nick, when I was 18. And we've been together forever since the dawn of time, basically. Um, and yeah, we're each other's first everything, each other's first handhold, kiss. Um, yeah, you name it. It's all of our first done together. He was 20 and I was 18 when we met. So we built our lives together and traveled and have truly been a unit, a unified couple since day one. And at about the 10 year mark, we called in our son and he came in on our first ever attempt at conceiving because he was always there, ready, waiting. Like, come on, people, come on. So yeah, now I live in the most dream bubble, blissed out world with the two boys that I am head over heels in love with. I, yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild stuff. Amazing. I mean, your simple background kind of explains your simple approach to life and motherhood and birth. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time we met in my backyard, you know, you, you give this kind of small recap to strangers who <laughs> want to hear your story. Yep. I birthed my baby at home alone yeah. with my mom and dad. And yep. And I heard it in, in that small recap. Um, we're going to expand on the recap today, but yeah, I want, I, wanna, I want to understand because what makes you unique, there's many things that make you unique, but the, the main thing is that somehow you shed maidenhood before you even conceived Ozzy. Yeah. You stepped into motherhood before conception, mm -hmm. which explains why and how you could sit in trust in your pregnancy without ever seeing a midwife, without ever seeing a doctor, without, without, getting, without using a pregnancy test, without getting an ultrasound, mm -hmm. without any test, without any external validation and reassurance. Mm -hmm. You could sit in the unknown and the mystery that pregnancy is, and then the mystery and unknown of birth, because you stepped into motherhood before you conceived your son. 
Yeah. That, that's different. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it totally is the way it happened, but I've been kind of, you know, thinking and, you know, trying to remember where that would have come from or the why. And to me, it all comes back to the fact that I do, and my husband as well, it's like we do everything so intentionally. Like we were together for six years before we got married and not because we weren't head over heels gushing in love the entire six years before that, but it just was like it, we wanted the marriage to signify something different than what it's um, portrayed as in society. Like we knew that it was something that we wanted to honor and truly feel a hundred percent ready for. Um, so yeah, like our wedding was that. And then our marriage, we were together five years before we got married or six years before we got married. And then another four years, five years, maybe so hard to keep track of. I know. Feels like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to keep track yeah. of like specific numbers when you've been together and your whole life is with one person, you know, it's like, yeah, just Nick. It's like, there's kind of before Nick and after Nick. That's really it. Yeah. Those are the timelines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you were raised in a household that you watched your sister home birth when mm -hmm. you were 14. Mm -hmm. So in the bedroom next to me, cause she was 16. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty pivotal. And then your mom, you guys weren't in a conventional medical system with as children. Like, you weren't sick as a child and then running to a doctor. Right, yeah. My mom definitely kind of shifted. And I'm the youngest of four. So especially for most of my life, she had really shifted into, like, learning to trust. Which, you know, from her generation was a big step, you know huge she was not necessarily in a lot of company at that time making those decisions not to vaccinate or not to take us to those yearly visits or you know get us glasses and you know all the prescriptions for antibiotics like she was yeah pretty cutting edge I think at that time like you know 90s 2000s to be that woman yeah, so you do have that base, mm -hmm. which is major. Major. Yeah. So grateful. But then but then it's just it's kind of like it's just your personality to mm -hmm. be so intentional. Mm -hmm. Which is why your story is just so unique. It's so simple and unique and because you are. That mm -hmm. is who you are and your story reflects you, your right. unique soul. Um so there's not this recipe of of, of how how do I shed maidenhood before motherhood? Like, right. there, there's things you can do, and I feel like that's my path I'm walking, but it's just who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, length of time is a huge factor in that because, yeah, we called our son in, and we didn't, I didn't have the terminology or the plans to do a, you know, unassisted pregnancy and unmedicalized birth like I just kept living like I got pregnant and then it was like I didn't take a pregnancy test so you know missed that bleed and kind of sat in that for like a week and then kind of claimed it because it you know whenever you don't 
my cycle's pretty regular, but not to the dollar minute, you know, on this specific track. So it was like, kind of had to sit in the unknown for a while before I would claim it. Um, even though I kind of always knew because Nick, <laughs> Nick is really intuitive and so connected to God and our relationship. He always said that whenever we wanted to get pregnant, it would have it would happen immediately. He always said that when it would come up. He's like, yeah, it'll happen as soon as we decide. And so it kind of wasn't surprising because he had kind of been prophesying that over our family for so long. So it's kind of, <laughs> kind of like waiting for that little bit of time. Yeah, he claimed it. Yeah, yeah, he really did for years. And like he would jokingly like claim other people's like, eh, it'll be like six months for you guys. <laughs> like just, <laughs> I mean, Nick is like the biggest jokester. So of course take something serious and then also has to like yeah. put his spin of comedy on everything. Um, <laughs> but we, yeah, I had that little bit of time kind of waiting to claim it. Honestly, like I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be the person who's like, I'm pregnant and I get my period so did you, a day later after I claim it, you know? Did you ever toy with the idea of taking a pregnancy test? Or that's just not even in your consciousness? Um, so a lot of the things came up because just of what we're around, like as a society, yeah. what we're around. So yeah, it did come up. And then it was just like a no, why would I kind of a thing? Like it didn't, it didn't change anything to me. And honestly, you're going to get a kick out of part, part of why I don't think you know this part was because Nick and I are pretty into like zero waste. And I also like try to think about every piece of plastic. And in that moment, my mind thought of like the zillions of pregnancy tests that are just in the trash. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> that was kind of a funny thought that came up during that process was like, I don't need it. It doesn't really add much. And you think about every woman that ever thinks they're pregnant, like that adds up. Like all of those pregnancy tests, positive, negative, or in between are all in the trash still. Yeah. But most, <laughs> most egos are like, I need a test right now <laughs> right? because I need to know right now. Yeah. I cannot sit in mystery. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, I feel so connected to the earth. And, like, I am the earth. My body is the earth. My, you know, my son and my husband are the earth. So, to me, it was, like, a lot of decisions are made from that unified, connected place. So, that's kind of, like, a funny piece to, like, that initial thought of, like, do I take a pregnancy test? Well, no. I don't, I don't want to. I don't need to. And then literally that element of like, well, if every woman questioned themselves, that's a lot of plastic that's yep. going to live on the earth forever just to know basically a week sooner. I mean, most women, unless you're very uh, dysregulated, a week is a big unless amount of time to miss your, to miss your bleed. Yeah. You know? Unless so you, you, know. you, you sat in the mystery really... You knew you were pregnant, but you're like, I don't know. Right. And that was, wasn't it like 17 weeks where you really, yep. until he kicked? Yep. So 
I kind of claimed it at, you know, what that would be, what, five weeks? And then I didn't tell Nick right away because I was still kind of like almost had a day or two to myself to process it. Like, I'm pregnant. Ah, me, I'm pregnant. Like, I've, it just felt kind of surreal. You know, I've been around mothers my whole life. I was always the nanny, the babysitter, the auntie. And so to think like, oh my gosh, like this baby's our baby. Like, wow. So sat with that for like probably a full day, maybe, a, you know, a day and a half. Then Nick and I were laying in bed and I was just laying next to him and I'm like, lean over I'm like I'm pregnant (laughs) and he's like good job you that's literally what he said oh my gosh he goes good job you and we just were like oh my gosh had the best night celebrating that awareness and that news together um yeah it was just beautiful beautiful night with him And then, yeah, weeks went by, and I was working still at the time, and it was just... Normal life. Very normal life. Like, I feel like early pregnancy, from my perspective, is, like, almost meant to be that. Like, you don't really look different. You know, you it's all so internal, and there's so much internal work to... um, Or not even work, like, internal awarenesses and growth that I feel like it's like kind of special for it to be almost this low-key secret because it's just you that needs to know at that point so the first trimester went by so fast and then yeah Ozzy started kicking at about 17 weeks and that's when I was like boom like this is this is so real and it was the most incredible feeling in the world. I still crave it all the time because it's just, there's nothing like it, especially if that's, especially if you're waiting for those natural signals. Like you're not going to appointments, you're not getting ultrasounds, you're not getting all of these man made, um, you know, things surrounding your pregnancy that you have to wait for these things like these gifts from your baby like to me that felt like gifts from him every time he would show me that he was growing and changing and moving and that he was his own person you know because for a while it feels really abstract like you almost can't understand well and you didn't have a bleed for 16 weeks but you would still question it because that's what the mind does oh for sure all the time I'm like am I hmm I think so yeah no I am yeah but that's what's crazy is people you know can't even wait the two-week wait to wait to take a pregnancy test yeah people take it like as soon as they even think yeah, they got five pregnant. days or even like five days sooner than your missed period and you sat in that two-week wait for like 17 weeks yep yep and because you know, that's but that's who you are like yeah. You're, you don't do things to get that, that false mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. validation just, just for your mind. Yeah, I think that is just 
part of who I am for sure. It's like, I just crave real. Like I just want the real stuff. I don't want substitutions. I don't want the, you know, false things that people build to surround real raw truths of life. And so, and you just, def- and you definitely didn't want technology, like oh an ultrasound gosh. to show you your baby. You wanted to feel mm-hmm. and know your baby. Yeah. And the whole time, Nick is just like the epitome of the man you want by your side through this type of journey, because he was so just following my lead a hundred percent. And he would do the funniest things. Like he'd go. So say, you know, say we were like a regular couple, like what would be happening at 12 weeks? And I'm like, well, we'd probably be going and getting an ultrasound and I'd be getting this, that, and the other testing. And he's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then like another two weeks ago by, he's like, so like, you know, what, what could be happening? And I'm like, here's, you know, what we know. And, you know, I feel like my baby is growing and that we're doing this and it just was yeah just funny little conversations we would have but he was so 100% on board trusting never pushy never even never one time Leah did he question me not once but we've been living like this for years I've haven't been to the doctor since I was a child and he's never taken like he's never known me to go to a doctor so and he hasn't he's been to a surgical center one time to repair a finger that was almost cut off so it wasn't like okay I'm pregnant I want to do this crazy radical thing where I don't go to the doctor it's like well I'm already doing that crazy radical thing not going to the doctor Um, so it was more like why integrate that now Especially, like, I always had a really off feeling about OBs, um, and midwives are OBs in my mind. Like, they still are what, to me, is very intrusive of your body, um, just on a routine. Like, they don't even realize it's intrusive because it's so routine. Um, And so I had never been to an OB or anything like that, and... So it didn't feel different to become pregnant. Like it was just like, well, I don't go, even though I've been told to go my whole life and I've never gone. So why, why start now? Like it just was so not even on the table. Yeah. So you, the cool part about your story is that you didn't get pregnant and and say, I am going to free birth. No, No. you were just going to home birth with your husband Mm -hmm. because that's just how you already live. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't even come across that, like, that term or, yeah, that definition until, like, a total goof was Google not doing ultrasounds. You know, I think I was, like, 13 or 14 weeks at the time, like, not doing ultrasound. And I found a negative article about free birth about like how dangerous not doing an ultrasound is. And your baby could die. Yeah, (laughs) and you're a horrible mom already, and you're barely pregnant, and you're already a horrible mother that we can't trust. So, and this goes to show like 
you know, you can become so fearful of negative reactions to what you put out into the world. But literally this negative reaction was so like, I, it drew me in because I was like, yeah, well, if everyone else is saying this is dangerous and it's what I want to do, it's what I know I need to do. Like, I want to find out more about this idea and this like, you know, this terminology kind of. So yeah, that's when I was like, oh, other people are doing it. And it was actually really cool to just have that thought in my mind. Like, other women do this. Because it hadn't even been a decision at that point, right? Like, it was just what I was doing. So to feel like that collective unity touch my life was like just a cherry on top. It was like, other women are doing this. Rad. Cool. And that's kind of where I put a pin in it. Like, oh, okay, that's kind of really the information I needed was just other women are doing this same thing. I remember you telling me a story about this surrender you had sitting in your truck and I can't quite piece it together in my, my head, but can you remind me? Cause I, I remember it made an imprint on me cause it was a surrender moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had just pulled into my driveway and I had claimed that I knew that this was my son from the beginning like always felt boy like my son Nick felt it too at six weeks he told me his middle name and it just felt so like boy 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 the whole pregnancy and then I was sitting in my truck and had this big 37 38 week belly And I just was hit with the realization, like, I don't know that. Like, I was still trying to override the mystery, still trying to act like I cracked the code. Like, yeah, my intuition and, you know, he's telling me who he is. And I was sitting there and like, I actually don't know. I don't know. And like, it was really, it was really freeing to like surrender to back to trust, back to mystery, like get out of your own way, kind of. Like, I don't know. And that's like great that I don't know. Like back to ground zero. I know what I know. I'm pregnant. This baby is growing. This baby is coming. I don't know that he's a boy until I see who he is after he's born. Um, turns out he was my son, but it was really cool. But you're willing to be wrong. So willing. And that was what was cool. Like in that moment was like, I could be so wrong. And it was really nice to have that moment almost before the birth because you know, you, you know, people can get in their own way of their happiness by having these false expectations. So I'm like, my son, my son, my son. And maybe if I wouldn't have been given that reminder a few weeks before, birth and it was my daughter like maybe that could have shadowed my happiness at the birth so expectation it was kind of to me like a divine protection like no bring this because it was really the only thing that I was like I don't know you don't think you're trying to be all-knowing or above the mystery but I kind of was I was still trying to claim something that wasn't actually known yet to me. So that was cool. That was a really, it's funny that you remember that because. You don't remember much. Yeah. Well, I just, (laughs) I just, 
you know this about me, but it's like I don't catalog things well because it's like I'm just so in the moment. Yeah. Like, so free spirit, so, like, off the cuff. And so it's hard for me to remember those, like, really, really cool details until someone, like, kind of reminds me that it touched them, too. And then well, I'm like, yeah, I remember. I remember. I'm, I'm your memory bank now. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like, it, you know, and I feel like I have a strong memory. I just kind of leave so much room for the present moment that until it's, like, tugged on, I don't feel like I need it until it's tugged on. Yeah. Totally. Um, I am curious if you, you're not, I, your relationship with God's very important. And, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if you prayed about your birth prior to the birth, if you envisioned things before your birth, or you were just really present and tried to just be day by day. How did that go? Okay. Um, definitely overall more day to day, but my connection with God is that same way. Like my connection with God is also very like day to day, moment to moment. Like I'm able to just pray or have peace in moments that I need it. Like I don't feel like it's this group over here and over here. Like to me, they're totally connected, totally enmeshed, and they live together in harmony throughout my life. Um, so very much, I, f- I really feel like the answer is day to day. But in my pregnancy, I did everything I wanted. I had the best time of my life. I quit my really quite amazing job at 20 weeks to have basically the second half of my pregnancy to do whatever I wanted because I knew when I had this baby that a hundred percent of my energy and my efforts were going to go to this baby and that that was going to be what I was wanting to do so it was like well let's have these last 20 weeks of my pregnancy to just have basically no responsibility and just to like play and see whoever I wanted, not see whoever I wanted. So that was really beautiful and something that if you can pull it off, highly recommend pulling it off because like just having that time to yourself to like I swam every day because my pregnancy was really, that part of my pregnancy was really through spring and summer. And so You know, I went and stayed three weeks in California and swam in the ocean every day and took walks with my dog every day. And then once we got home, I would swim in my father-in-law's saltwater pool every day. And he lives in like a miniature forest. I'd go and take a nap under the trees and read and sing and spend time with people who loved me and who loved my baby. Like only. Like truly did what I wanted. Nick and I went on a fancy date every Friday night and got like to the nines cute and Nick is obsessed with going to the movies like to the movies not just watching movies the action of going to the movie so we went to a movie every Friday night because we're like once we have a baby we're not gonna go to the movie like for a long time and that that's good it's what we want it's what we're 
it's what we're creating, but it was the truth. Like, that's not going to happen, and let's just live it up now while we can. Like, while that is the season, because this coming season's not going to be... We're not going to want to go sit at Harkins. <laughs> you don't want to leave your son to go sit at Harkins. No, no, it was fun because kind of we had, like, that was the space. We had the space to do it. So, yeah, truly, we went on, yeah, we went on a date a week. Our last date was a week before I had him because I had him on a Friday. So that was really, really cool. Just no pressure. And... But everything's intentional. Oh, because everything's that's who, intentional. That's who you are. Yeah. Everything was done with intention <laughs> in your pregnancy. And it's really weird because I feel like I'm so, like, go with the flow, chill. Like, how could the word intentional so describe me? Because it's like, how is it both? How am I, like, the most relaxed, but also, like, the most? Like, you've seen my house. Like, every single thing has, like, some quirky story or someone gave it to me 20 years ago and oh I'm allowed to have a Grover in my house because he's vintage and he was my brother's but would I ever let Ozzy have a Grover doll from Target absolutely not so it's like to me it's so funny how it can be both but yeah it was the most intentional pregnancy and the most intentional way I spent my time um and and now I know you as a mother and you are the most intentional mother. So this yeah. whole story, everything yeah. is about intention Yeah. and how present you are in your daily life. Mm-hmm. And you know exactly why you're doing exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You don't do anything just because anyone else does. So Almost the opposite oh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like definitely. I don't do it because other people are doing it. Like, ooh. 99% of people are doing it that way. Mm. That means Maybe I should. Not. <laughs> Maybe not for me. Same here. Um, and Let's... yeah, that's kind of who Nick is too. Like we're kind of, <laughs> we always joke, like we kind of look like, you know, cute, normal American couple, but watch out. Oh yeah. Like the social security office when we got his birth certificate and stuff. We're like, they probably saw us coming, like our application. They're like, oh man, these are going to be some like rugged off-gridders who have never seen a hospital. That's why they chose a free birth. And Nick and I walk in and we're just like this wholesome, (laughs) young, like vibrant couple. And they're like, wait, you chose to do an unassisted birth? But why? You're so... Judging your appearance like totally, I did. Totally, totally. <laughs> like, like I we, did. We wouldn't, like I just feel like when we walked, walked in and we maybe didn't fit the bill of what they were, what they would have classified us on based on, no, she never did one thing. In she her, never did one thing that quote unquote proves the pregnancy, which is what they call it, by the way, proof of pregnancy. Yeah, so she's talking about <laughs> the birth certificate that she had to file with an unassisted birth, she had to have proof of pregnancy, even though she was pregnant and she gave birth to her son. Mm-hmm. And this... all the proof, all the proof is external. All the proof is doctor appointments, blood work, um, you know, all these. Basically, every single point of proof is medical. You know, from you going to these places. So, like a photo of you pregnant wasn't enough. No, crazy. 
And you're and you're That's on what story. Nick like, let's show them. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's move into your birth. Okay. Oh man, it's so fun to transport back to that day because somehow it feels like so long ago already because Ozzy is my whole world. So it's like weird that my whole world was only born 20 months ago. But it feels like a lifetime because he is, you know, the purpose now, the reason. So um, 20 months ago, your life changed. Yeah. Where you met your new lover. My gosh, the love of my life. Yeah, the mm. person who, yeah, changed everything. And also nothing. Like, somehow he just folded right into our little family. But also changed every single thing about the way Nick and I live. It's really wild how it's both. So, fast forward to 41 weeks and... Nick had just decided to start staying home literally the night before. Because my pregnancy was like, I was joking. I'm going to go to 45, 46 weeks because this is just the easiest. Like, I could go on. Like, I felt great. I went to Costco with my mom the day before. Like, I felt amazing. So it was like, well, I'm going to be the world's longest pregnant woman, you know? Like, and I think there was also an element of, yeah, like, not totally... You know, that first time mom, like, I'm going to, you know, you don't know anything about labor or birth. So it's like, I don't know. And Nick had started staying home. This was uh, Thursday. And then I went and got in the tub. I made myself, I was obsessed with London Fog lattes my whole pregnancy. So I made myself a London Fog latte, went and got in the Epsom salt bath, and was just laying there. I think I was listening to a book on tape. And like an hour and a half went by. I got out of the tub and I had lost my mucus plug and had like the bloody show. And I didn't even know those terms um, before. Like it was really funny because one of my good friends was pregnant at the same time and I sent her a photo and then she told me what was happening. Like, I knew it was the start of labor, but I didn't know the terms. And I was like, this is it. And she's like, yeah, you're having a bloody show. That's your mucus Yeah, blood. because you didn't, <laughs> you didn't research anything. No. You weren't binging podcasts, which is what a lot of people want to do or have to do, but you didn't. Right. No. So you were just like, yeah. And I just knew from what my life experience brought me to that point. And then Nick knew literally nothing. Like, I'm the only person he's ever seen in labor. I'm the only woman he's ever been close to pregnant. And so, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a wild one. So, yeah, I sent her that photo, and we were like, oh, my gosh, this is it. Like, because she was due, like, 10 days after me. So it was like, this is it. You're, you're doing it. And it wasn't contractions that started, but it was just, like, okay, labor had definitely begun like at that point in my mind. And I came out down the hallway and Nick was working in the kitchen. And <laughs> this is like kind of the same way I told him I was pregnant. Like I pop out of the hallway and I just go, I think it's happening. And he's like, what did you say? I'm like, I think I'm having the baby. And he's like, okay, like that's, 
like, is there anything I need to do? Like, do you need anything? And I'm like, no, I think I'm good. So I went outside and I laid in the sun for a while and then kind of hung out under a tree for a little bit. And Nick actually just kind of started prepping like some stuff around the house, like getting things picked up, um, taking care of our dog, who at the time was our baby. She's full of energy. So he was like, let's make sure she's exercised and like, you know, who knows how long it'll be till we can really care for her. And so he was kind of task man while I just relaxed and started my started my labor and somehow those hours melted away like crazy fast like I it probably was six hours seven hours and it felt like no time at all like time time isn't a thing whenever you enter that space like of birth it's just it's its own realm it's its own world and so then it got dark and I came inside and got back in the t- our big bathtub and labored there for a really long time. And this is when contractions really started. And Like six, seven, eight hours after the yes, naked plug? Yeah. So it was, I think I got out of my first bath at like noon, 11 or noon. Um, and then, yeah. So yeah, about eight hours. And then contractions started, and Nick was just there, but we didn't talk. It was our house was pure silence, pure darkness, pure silence, and he just sat next to me the entire time. Like we were just in complete peace, and I'm laboring. These contractions are totally like coming over my entire body and for a while I feel like I was like really going with them like okay and then I started to feel like I was gaining like going away from them almost like not able to jump in fully and like embrace the waves coming it was like definitely trying to go against so that was like from eight to midnight I labored really well doing the contractions solo with Nick right by my side. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I want my mom here. And we had told her like kind of be on deck, but not to like be, you know, sad if we didn't want her there, but just to be like prepared to come. So she was like, answered the phone immediately. And it's funny because it was also then her birthday. Her birthday is 917. And we called her about 30 minutes into her birthday. And so she's like, yep, I'm on my way. She like zipped over. And I swear my mom crossed our threshold and entered her divine mother. Like she shed any bit of, you know, worry or any distrust that maybe would have come up from programming or you know fear for her daughter or her grandchild and she left every bit of that outside of our home if she even had it honestly she was so wonderful my whole pregnancy um but she came in totally embodying the most divine version of a mother you could ever ask for 
and she just immediately came down onto her knees by me in the tub within minutes like just grabbed my whole belly and brought on the most intense contractions just from her touch and I wanted like I was like crying I like didn't think I could handle it um and she was just this is what brings your baby to you like this is for a purpose like these contractions are for you they're for your baby like you need them like don't run from them and she was just holding me (laughs) she was just holding me and holding my baby and her I'm her baby she's holding my baby and it was just the most beautiful thing and her role was so different than Nick's like Nick was the guardian of the space like the person who just held it all down and my mom was like this little angel that floated in to bring me everything I needed in those moments so with her it became very like she was so hands-on she was moving with me flowing with me we'd go room to room if it felt stagnant like I knew I could trust her with me and this process like we were just flowing back and forth like I would want to do this and she'd support me and then things would start to stagnate and she'd she'd suggest something and I would flow with her and everything just worked like so beautifully together and Nick was just with us that whole time but still like very just grounded just holding it down and so then morning came and I was you know very much that mother who wants the darkness like the cave the you know be inward be able to just fully surrender in that darkness so when the sun started to come up the energy changed a bit and it started to feel like we were all getting tired um nick hadn't eaten um me neither but i was high on laborer and nick was just still a human being not in labor um and so we all just started to feel like a little tired um and so i was on the bed and it's the funniest thing you can ever imagine but I was like, I just want you guys to look like, will you see if there's, if, if the baby, like if you can see anything, like, I don't know. And they're like, yeah, sure. Like we'll look. And (laughs) it was like early morning hours. So it was still like kind of between light and dark. And I go under the blanket to like completely be in darkness. They turn on a light and they're both like, kind of like looking like, I don't know. What do you think? Like, is that, and then at the same instant, they're like, that's, that's his head. Like, that's the baby's head. Like, we're so close. Like, and it was all I needed to hear. Like, it was the only time we, like, kind of checked in on labor, if you will. Like, checked in on, like, where is this progress? Like, we didn't time anything. Nobody was managing it whatsoever. But it was, like, that little check of progress was, like, oh, man, it juiced us all right back up of, like, that's his head like that's hair it was so cool and I just honestly love that vision because when else in my life are my mom and my husband like looking at my vagina together like consulting one another 
Um, so that's like my favorite little piece of humor from this <laughs> is like picturing them doing that not in labor. <laughs> it's a different world as, as previously mentioned, it's a different universe in there. Um, and so, yeah, I am like on the bed, kind of relaxed back, like a little upright, but on my back and like kind of was just feeling tired, like a little worn down. And like, I truly felt like, oh man, I can't handle more contractions. Like, man, I'm, I'm tired. It's been going on for a long time. No sleep, no food. Then all of a sudden we hear the keypad. Our house is really small, so you can hear everything. And it was silent. So you hear our keypad like beep, 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 beep. And then boom, the door opens and you hear my dad whistling. He had had his full night's sleep, had already had his coffee for the day. And he just comes in whistling like, and instantly it just felt like, again, like he shed, he brought in exactly what he needed to bring in. Like so, if he would have come two hours earlier, it would have been so inappropriate. But he came as the sun was coming up. I think he showed up at like seven in the morning. And so it was like, right when we all needed this like refreshing boost of energy, my cute dad comes whistling in the house, like, had a beautiful night of rest as the rest of us were laboring. He didn't know if the baby was born or you were in labor yet, right? Nope. He actually said he thought the baby was, was here. He's like, I didn't know. Like if you called mom because the baby was here. So he actually didn't know the progress. And my mom obviously was immediately submersed into labor land. So she wasn't on her phone to like check in with him. So he saw she was gone in the morning and just, oh, I know where to go. And so he comes in and my mom kind of goes out to greet him and labor was kind of chill at this point. Like it was kind of almost at a little standstill and she goes out and greets him and she's like, Hey, like, you know, do you want dad to come back there with us? And I'm like, yeah, no, I do. Like, I think he's here for a reason was kind of like what I felt was like, yeah, I, I feel like if he showed up at this pivotal moment, Like, yeah, yeah, no, I want him back here. And so he, they come like walking back and instantly my dad just comes up and like almost holds me and like cradles me from behind. So he's like kind of up by my right shoulder, just like behind me, holding me. And then my mom was on the left and she was literally supporting me and almost like her center was towards the baby. And then her other side was to Nick. Like she was very much holding all three of us, like my dad holding me, my mom holding all three of us. Nick was supporting me, like holding my feet, holding my legs. And then also like the baby was coming. Like I was at the start of crowning. So he was like a hundred percent, like, you know, there for the baby. Like, so it was just such a beautiful situation of all of us in our proper roles, like divine father holding at the top, divine mother with her arms around every person in the room. And then Nick, like this beautiful new father, like just so excited to meet his baby and like so like encouraging of me doing it. And so then really the contractions were like coming pretty steadily and I would just like 
pretty much lean all of my body weight into my dad and he would just like hold me and my mom was holding my hand and I was just having this intense urge to push because I never pushed until that process began like until the contractions really started pushing him out for me um and so yeah it was like we would kind of get little breaks and then another contraction would come and we'd all just be working together like it was (laughs) it was really 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 oh man it was really special and then he started crowning and it was the most intense part of my labor like it was you just feel completely wide open at the fullest you'll ever be. And then another contraction came and the baby came just gushing out, which there was tons of water left. Like my waters hadn't fully released. And so he came out in like this tidal wave and right into Nick's arms and I didn't realize until kind of I was thinking about it later, but he cried immediately. Like he was so landed as soon as he showed up. And it was such a gift to me from him because I didn't have to worry for one second that he was anything but okay. And so that to me felt like oh man, he just knew like that was just a little present from him to give that to me, to like cry right away and be so like alert and alive right away. I think now I could maybe like, I don't know. I I guess I didn't know I needed it, but he did. He knew I needed it. And yeah, he came out, Nick caught him and brought him right to my chest. It was perfect. Like the most perfect person you could ever dream up that was this baby and whenever he was born Nick goes it's our boy like that was the first thing he said and oh man those words ring in my ears and I feel like in Ozzy's ears like he is our boy and he made that really clear from the moment he was born that he was for us and our son And then just totally in that golden, blissful few hours, like that, man, if you could bottle that up and just relive those moments, mm, it's the most precious, precious time you'll ever have in your life um, after doing the most incredible thing I think a human body is capable of the most precious moments of your life probably if you're in a safe space right oh man i can't i really can't imagine how someone yeah could be in a place even with you know lights on like you know my little window was open and some fresh sunlight was coming in and just people that truly could welcome ozzy you know welcome this beautiful boy who love him unconditionally, like truly the three or excuse me, four, including me, four people that love him the most are right there instantly. Yeah. yeah. Like the four people who have been the most excited to meet this person are all right there. And actually 
right after he was born, it was just like total joy in the room. And then my parents actually left pretty quickly to just give Nick and I space with, with Ozzy. And they, I didn't know, I actually didn't even keep track of them at all, but they left. And I still hadn't birthed the placenta at that point. Like it wasn't even on my mind at all. But I had told Nick, like, cause he's a task man. He's a, you know, he likes things to be a bit, a bit uh, organized. So before he had been like, give me like a little list of things I can do. <laughs> so I did like most of the things are kind of funny. If I look back at that list, like make sure there's water or, you know, make sure Reese is taken care of. But one of the things was like, just after the baby's born, like remind me about how long it's been. Like whenever you think it's been a few hours, kind of remind me about the placenta and like that that birth still needs to happen. If it didn't happen on its own before then. And it didn't. So we were like just, oh man, fully soaking those moments in with this incredible, glowing, naked, perfect new human. Oh man, and new parents, like new mom, new dad. It's all so fresh. And then Nick's like, okay, it had been about three hours. And he's like, you know, you, you know, you still haven't birthed the placenta, just like bringing awareness to that. And I was like, oh, like I actually had forgotten. So I was so glad that he, <laughs> that he did have awareness of it. Is it because you were still laying yeah. where you were yep. birthed? Oh, yeah, I birthed. never moved. Yeah. Okay. So it was like very much like, again, somehow it had been hours, but it felt like seconds, you know, like you're just truly in another in another realm like it's it's really it's wild it's really wild and again i can't imagine not being in your safest most peaceful place and having people who don't accept um that space even in your personal space and don't even know you and don't even know you and are more concerned about weights and measurements than you know you meeting your child really it's it's really disturbing honestly if you if you think about it it's quite disturbing um so yeah nick brought awareness to that and i was like oh yeah like let's let's kind of put that on the table so i got up and just squatted down and literally instantly the placenta just fell out into this bowl like nick went and got a huge bowl from our kitchen and it just instantly was like pop like the easiest Thing of all time <laughs> so, so it was probably just sitting there and gravity just went okay yeah, exactly yeah like it totally detached somewhere in that time frame of me just holding Ozzy and luckily he had a super long cord um so there was lots of space like it wasn't like I was fighting this cord because the placenta was still so far like he had a super long cord Wait, with the super long cord, was it wrapped around him at all? Yeah, it was. Okay. So it was pure white when he was born. Well, not pure white, but like definitely not that like wound, tight, dark blue, like which is why he was crying because he was ready to be born, ready to breathe. Yeah. And it was born. So his name is Oswell Saint, which is divinely powerful saint. And so he was born with this cord draped around his neck, 
like a saint, like coming out into earth, already embodying this like earthly prince that he is like pretty crazy. And so yeah, his cord was, you know, we unwrapped it from around his neck. It wasn't like a circle, like a loop, but from around his body. And then, yeah, the placenta was out and I gave Nick the placenta and the baby and went and took a shower, which had no realization that Ozzy had pooped all over me. (laughs) And, you know, if you've ever had a baby or been around a new baby, that is like tar. So my whole abdomen was covered in this like tar. I had no, I had no clue that it had even happened. So I was like in the shower trying to scrub it off. And then Nick was sitting with Ozzy while I was in the shower. And yeah, it was just like the most beautiful little time. And then I guess my mom's awareness of the placenta came right around that same moment. And her and my dad actually drove back to our house because I think she was like, okay, I've given them some space, but I also like, we again, no phones in sight so she hadn't heard from us and she's like oh yeah the placenta like I want to make sure everything went super smoothly with that and the whole time like we had been planning to do what's called a lotus birth which is where you leave uh, your baby attached to their placenta until the cord separates naturally which it'll separate from the baby's side it'll separate from their belly button Um, so my parents knew that you know, they had heard us talking about it and there was some beautiful poetry that I had found in that time. And my mom was like really honoring of that process and really excited about that as well. Like just the spiritual meaning behind it and like the honoring of the placenta as your baby's first caretaker, like pivotal. Like you grew this little like miniature mother for your baby like it's incredible and it's so underrated (laughs) yep some people's placentas just get thrown in the trash it's crazy it is crazy and so my parents came back and they brought flowers for me they brought flowers for ozzy and then they brought flowers for the placenta which was just like the most like, oh man, I hope, I hope Oz feels as supported in his life and his like, however out there his choices are to his parents. Like, man, I hope Nick and I are as supportive as my parents are. Cause that was just the next level thing to bring flowers for the placenta. Like this little other new mom (laughs) who's almost like having to give up her role. You know, and you can get as spiritual and, you know, woo-woo about it as you want to. But I really enjoyed honoring honoring that part of physiological birth and pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah, I want you to now speak on, because when you first talked to me about your postpartum, it was in a way that I was like, um, what? That's possible for postpartum? You could feel hot and heavy with your husband like that? Yeah. What? So yeah, I want you to explain the psychedelic mm-hmm. feeling of postpartum and how you well, re-fell in love with your husband. Oh, man. Oh. Okay, so forget 
everything you've ever been told about postpartum, just throw it in the trash, like where it belongs, and realize that when you are in your true self, when you are in a loving, committed relationship, when you are in relationship with your baby throughout your pregnancy and in tune with them through your birth, like what is available in this sacred time after birth is the most transformative, beautiful, like time possible. Like, after he was born, it was like the day went by, my parents had left for those few hours, came back for a bit, left again, and then it was just Nick and I for the evening. And we were just like ecstatic. We were just like holding this, oh, the squishiest, like softest soul, like so fresh from God. And we were just like, gazing at him, gazing at each other, like this is our love child. This child was conceived, grown, birthed from pure love. Like he is an embodiment of the love that Nick and I have. And we were just totally enamored in this space of the three of us. It was just like, welcoming a third person to fall in love with like Nick's in love with me I'm in love with Ozzy Ozzy's in love with Nick like all of us together are just now this like unit we're just this sacred holy family that are binded with love and infused with trust and it just it was a game changer. Like Nick and I have always had a beautiful love life. Like we've always had very passionate times together and a beautiful sex life. But man, this, this changed everything. Like he was in awe of me. Like in complete awe of me as a woman me breastfeeding, me as a mother, like witnessing me as a mother was like, you could see the hearts in his eyes. Like his, like my mom will describe it and she's just like, you could literally see when he would stare at you. Like, I love this woman. Oh, wow, that's my woman. And because of the trust he had in me and the space he held in our birth, I felt the same way about him. Like, this is the father of my baby? Like, this divine man who did everything you could ever ask for in support of me bringing our child into earth, like, it was a whole new level of adoration for each other and then throw in like the most perfect baby on earth like forget about it forget about it like we were just in another 
in another world. And so, yeah, like the night Ozzy was born, like Nick and I were like, we'd kiss him and then just like look at each other. And then like, we'd start making out and like, you could just feel love pulsing in our family. And it was just so from the heart, like, oh man, it was just the most heartfelt experiences. And it was like that for like so long. And it still is like our whole lives and our connection is so transformed. Like it only gets better from there because that was such a pivotal shift in our dynamic and just like the ultimate deepening of whatever you built before. And I feel like that's true for the opposite. Like it literally just entrenches whatever you had going on before. It just, it'll elevate it or it'll make it plummet. Like it will, birth will highlight that. Yeah, like if your man really, truly, um, deeply doesn't trust you, Mm -hmm. and he might not even consciously know it, but if that shows up in birth, that's going to show up in postpartum and motherhood. And that's where major disconnection and major discord occurs between husbands and wives. Exactly. Exactly. So it totally, it totally sheds light on whatever you have going on. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth that you aren't ready to say yourself or Mm. see yourself. It will be revealed. And honestly, that you can't even, because I would have said I was the most in love with Nick I could ever be. That wasn't true. It was maybe true at the time, but birth showed us like, no, no way. There's more. There's more. There's more love to be had. And I truly feel like that is how every birth will be. You know, that our love will shift and deepen with each experience we have and that's the um that's abundance mindset Mm. when i'm thinking right now what people and and not to be confused with creating an expectation Mm. and being attached to it you know there's a surrender and there's a flow of trusting what is but scarcity mindset of postpartum is that it's the worst time of your life and that's when you know, husband and wives are disconnected because you can't have sex. Mm -hmm. And that's all scarcity mindset. Whereas your story is, you can't even imagine how good it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. And again, I, I don't know that that can happen in an interrupted process. Like, I do think there is something to be said about just allowing birth to unfold like that did leave so much space for that growth like there was no there was no managing of that at all and you know I'm not I'm not living everybody else's experience but I just would be hard pressed to like believe that that's possible in a very outsourced situation yeah, because there's a lot of traumatic dynamics that can happen in a managed birth mm-hmm. with a midwife or in a hospital that you don't even consciously process. You know, being medically raped in your birth, a husband watches his woman go through that. And 
that is a spiritual trauma and a physical trauma but and then and then you move forward in life and there are consequences mm-hmm. to that yes and they, and they can show up for years yes like in unexpected ways again both sides will show up the beauty will show up in unexpected ways and the tragedy will show up in unexpected ways and then you throw in the element of you know in a medicalized like torturous birth you are also literally told that doesn't matter if you have a baby that's breathing basically that's you know the bare minimum is what they say is the pinnacle and it's just not true like the bare minimum is your baby's born right like boom that's so factual it's so primal it's just it is and then they take away the importance of everything else by declaring that that's the pinnacle and that's your ceiling is a healthy baby and then everything else is dismissed under this umbrella that boom healthy baby's the top everything else doesn't matter and basically forget it forget it and love this baby anyway even though you and that baby and your husband are traumatized from maybe your whole pregnancy even you know the way ultrasounds go where you know oh your baby has this deformity and then boom they're born and no they don't or you're told your baby's too big too small your body's too big or too small like it's all built up from the moment you sacrifice your integrity to go into that system like they will eat you alive if you surrender yourselves to them in that way and that's why it's in existence to traumatize women to keep them in maidenhood keep them not trusting themselves keep trusting the system not trust your mother instincts and then it leads to a disruption in your marriage a disruption with your baby Mm. and no one thrives because everyone's traumatized Mm -hmm. and then you throw in the fact that like you're told your body's now used goods uh your body now is subpar um you need to get it back to where it was which that is not possible your body is changed and in a good way like in a positive way like why would you want to ever go backwards in your life like we're going forward and your uterus has been through something amazing and it grew a new organ the placenta and a human and a human and held them to the direct perfect time like craziness to say i want my old one back I want everything to be exactly as it was when I was pre, you know, pre-pregnancy. I need my old self back. It's weird. Like, let's just say it. It's just weird. And not, it's literally saying, this is what you strive for. And it's literally something that's not even possible. Like, what a mind game. Strive for this thing that actually can't happen. Like trying to reverse time. 
Like, it's like anti-aging. Exactly. exactly. It's get all these injections and do all of these things. So you, so you, you know, it's anti-aging, but nature will always win. And it's you just not true. You can anti-age all you want, but it still isn't true. It still isn't true. Like my body is more perfect than before. My body is more beautiful than before. Like I am healthier now than before I had my son. I'm more vibrant now. And it's like, I don't want anything back from before. Why would I? I'm here. I don't strive for what I had. I strive to be so grateful for what I have today and to just keep growing in the future. Like I, after a next baby or a next baby or a next life event, I want to embody those moments not be chasing something that is impossible to chase. Like, it's silly. It's very silly. Yeah, so you were able to so fully rest in your new life, your new postpartum body, and your new baby, and you met a new love of your life. Mm -hmm. And you had a lot of, like, psychedelic downloads is, like, what you describe it. What are are a few of the downloads that you in that postpartum period yeah so in those few weeks following the birth it was just I just describe it like I was so see-through like if you saw me you saw all of me like you could see my heart beating in my chest you could see the thoughts in my mind if you saw me in person so that was very sacred too Like our space was so, we only brought people in who would honor that and very slowly. Like my parents, because they were at the birth, they kind of were our biggest helpers through postpartum, like because they were a part of the process. So they had already, they had already expanded themselves and they were also a bit of an extension of those moments and that sacred energy. So it was really nice to have them to like bring food over and like they would get food from our other friends or family members and they would bring it over. Um, and my mom Gatekeepers. is pretty much like just totally, everybody understood almost like it was really cool. And so, yeah, we were pretty honored in that time and I was just learning to breastfeed, learning how to take care of this baby while in the most like psychedelic, like otherworldly experience, like the most real and grounded I've ever been and raw, as well as the most like high you could ever be in life. Like very 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 I think they go together like you can only experience one with the other and so yeah it was like I'm holding him and it was like these messages were coming of like basically what to do like you need to go to the source was one of the messages and it completely shifted the way we eat you know, we very much adopted like a nose to tail. We buy from local farms. We try to get 
the most beautifully sourced ingredients. Every single ingredient matters and every single cycle of life needs to be honored in the way we bring things into our home. And it was just, okay, so that was taken care of. And then my mind was like, what about water? Like, basically this message outlined what you need to be surviving. And I was like, okay, water's next. It's like, what, what water did God provide us? Spring water. So our family started gathering water at our nearest spring and bringing that into our home. And, you know, it was messages about divine mother, divine father, and who Nick and I need to be to be the most optimal versions of those sides of ourselves for our son. And yeah, it was just like so much information and so much like connectivity between the three of us, like just building this new dynamic all from the guidance of God and God's almost almost answering questions I didn't know I had. Like, I didn't know I needed more. Like, Nick and I have eaten well for a long time, but not enough. We've always cared about where our water came from. Not enough. Like, so almost like I didn't have to come to these places where I was, like, questioning. It was just, like, outlined for me before um, before I needed to ask, kind of. And that's how a lot of those kind of came through. Um, and another one that came through was like, what is more important? Like that question was really put on my heart of like, what is more important? If you ever feel like it's too much or a newborn is like, you don't know if you're doing enough for yourself or your baby, like what is more important? And the answer is always nothing. Nothing is more important than what this baby needs. Nothing is more important than making sure he has the best possible of everything. Like nothing's more important than him having 100% of his father and his mother. Nothing. And so that question came up a lot through my postpartum. Honestly, up until he started maybe crawling, like those first six months were like that question just kept popping up for me of like, if I'd ever feel like frustrated, like, oh man, I really just want to go soak in the bath for an hour, like by myself. And then, okay, I'd toddle off to go do it and leave Oz with Nick and he'd start crying. Like my mind would instantly be like, what's more important? And it was always him. It was always like, oh, obviously him. And so it was a really nice thing to keep in mind that really kept me from feeling any resentment for my baby. Like I never for a second felt like he didn't uh, deserve the best because it was like, I know I'm capable of giving it to you if I don't get in my own way. And he was a very clear result of that, I think. <laughs> Who he is is a very clear result of that.